comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella. Bibbity, bobbity, boo. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hola! Out Now is a film podcast where we talk various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, and then jump back and do other fun movie topics. This is episode 183, 183. I guess we're getting there. We're getting toward 184. We're, we've almost got there. You're right. Yeah. We've almost got yeah. to 184. It's a big It's a big win. Yeah, it's a big win. Yeah. <laughs> yes, really. <laughs> and uh, this week we're talking Cinderella, the uh, latest in the Ella. yes Ella, the uh, latest in the the line of uh, of live action remakes of uh, classic Disney animated tales. And uh, joining us today we have from Edge on the Net, um, and formerly from Just Seen It, he's all dressed up for the ball. It's Kevin Taft. <laughs> Hello. And from EndorExpress.net, he's no pumpkin. It's David. Yeah. Yay. How are you two doing today? As a pumpkin, I'm peachy. Thank oh, you. Nice. Uh, David, good to back, have you back on the show. Been, Thank uh, you, sir. It's been a little while. But, uh, Kevin, it's been a long while. The um, the yeah. first and only appearance you've been on the show was for what I would consider one of our classic episodes. Right. This is 40 and Jack Reacher. Two movies oh, that when you say that is a classic loud, episode. When you say those movies out loud, you think Kevin Taft. So like right? that was, that was that's why we had you on that show. <laughs> but now, <laughs> and that was diverse opinions on that one too. Hated one, loved the other. Yeah, and uh, it, that's so long ago that those movies are both on TV now. That's how long ago <laughs> you're on this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, let's let's get this thing going. We got some. Uh, some some show note stuff first. Uh, first off, iTunes reviews and ratings. It's always good to get those. It helps out our show. Helps other people find, helps other people find our show. You just log on to iTunes, send it a quick like review and a rating, like a little sentence or something, and some stars. It'd be wonderful. It'd be great to help out. Thank you in advance. Yeah. And um, what else? We have a new commentary coming. We might be recording it this week or next week, but uh, yeah, it's gonna come before the end of the month, just in time for another movie that opens April. Uh, so that should be that should be fun. The secret. So, yeah, it's a secret, yeah. Really really holding this one close, apparently. Well, yeah, you won't know until you know. Yeah. Um, and before we get underway with everything else, let's talk about the uh, the short, the animated short that precedes Cinderella, known as Frozen Fever. This is the, um, as I said, the animated short that precedes Fro- um, Cinderella. It involves the characters from Frozen and a little skit involving a celebration of a... A birthday. Of a birthday. Uh, did you guys enjoy what you saw in uh, Frozen Fever? I I did. <laughs> I I will admit that I'm a I'm a big Frozen fan. So um it was nice to see the characters again. I mean, I know that everybody's sick of them at this point, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it's cute. It's, you know, slight. If they're sick of them, they're not going to enjoy the Frozen 2 announcement that happened this week, but uh <laughs> well, you know, and you can always hear, I already heard some people going, "Uh" 
And like, really, just because that song was overplayed? Come how, on. How dare they re? How dare they make another entry into that billion-dollar movie? <laughs> exactly. No one liked it the first time. <laughs> yeah. David, you like the Frozen Fever short? I I actually did. You know, I'm one of the people who really didn't like the movie, the Frozen <gasps> movie. <Blasphemy>. Uh, <laughs> because you know, I thought it was very. You know, it wasn't because the characters were bad. I just thought the writing of the movie was sloppy, and. So that said, I don't mind them making sequels to, to having you know more story with these characters as long as they do a better job writing it. And Frozen Fever is cute, and I enjoyed it. I thought you know it was kind of endearing. I was like, uh, hey, wow, this ain't so bad. But uh, at the same time, it's mostly because of Olaf. Uh, yes. Frozen won me over just a, barely, you know, because of Olaf. And same with Frozen Fever. I actually like Frozen Fever a lot more than the movie, but it's because of Olaf. Was it because they were shorter? Yes, that too. <laughs> no, uh, Frozen... There were less trolls. I, I, I like that part. There were less Dude, they completely <laughs> forgot about the trolls. How dare they? That's true. It's uh, true. Uh, I like Frozen Fever, and it just reminded me how much I, I missed Olaf and how much of a character he is in terms of just being goofy and kind of dim-witted, but incredibly lovable. Um, the little mini snowball things were cute. They kind of got weird after a while. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I like the idea of a dark sequel involving just those little snowman things taking over the frozen world. <laughs> and that's like the plot of the next one. Like they have to get that like giant abominable snowman thing back. Yeah. And they're like, hey, it's this epic bat. My, my, my thing's way off base. Of they're going to have like a David Cronenberg fly type thing where somebody's going to mix their DNA with the, with one of those little balls. And I thought like... I was going dark, but now you're taking it to Cronenbergian <laughs> levels. <of this. laughs> <laughs> but no, the only thing that I that I didn't like about it was the premise of hey, I'm gonna do this awesome thing for you, but I have this fever and I don't want to like let it go because I want to do everything. Where it's like, dude, you're gonna die if you don't if you don't go and sleep. Right? Please go to, all, to sleep. What happened to all the servants that they have? They were all let go, like in Cinderella. Economies of scale. <laughs> Remember, they let it go. Come on, get it? They still they still it's had a bare bones staff neighbor. though. Aaron? I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I, I song. I liked the little. They made a lot of winks and nods to Frozen for obvious reasons, but it worked for me. Um, and it, it it was it was just enjoyable. It was a nice little like, oh yeah, I do like this movie. Here's this yeah. fun stuff. And they did have Frozen poop in it. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did they? <laughs> I don't remember that part. Uh, Hans. Oh right. <laughs> Frozen poop. All right, so that was Frozen Fever talk. Uh, we can move on now. Let's. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, let's do a little know everybody. Where each week we try to set the tone for the podcast and better get to know everybody. Know everybody. Um, I'm going to start this one off. Okay. Um, all of you guys, because Abe and I have questions for all of you guys. What would you wear to the ball? You're going to a ball. What would you wear? <laughs> Clothes. It depends on the <laughs> ball. <laughs> I mean, you know, is it is it is it his ball? Is it this? Is it a prince's ball? Sure. Why not? Okay. Um, do I have the possibility of becoming the prince's spouse? <laughs> I mean, that's a valid question, Aaron. Right? If it dictates the way you dress, sure. Well, I would, you know, I'd work it a little bit more, you know. <laughs> Be a little bit more, you know, body forming and uh, I wouldn't look sloppy. Maybe some designer clothes. I would just wear a damn suit. I mean, I'm a boy. What am I supposed to wear? <laughs> David? 
<laughs> I mean, it'd be more interesting if we were like if we were women, right? Uh, and who were we trying to impress? But uh, I, you know, I guess I'd wear a suit and wear all my medals from the wars I've won. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I looked into the movie and they they had all these other men had uh, all these, you know, bejeweled outfits and uniforms and it's pretty cool. But that's not the world we live in. <laughs> I would have not. a cape. A cape. There you <laughs> go. Phantom of the Opera, though. Well, not that big. Oh. More of a, like I just yeah, that, that's a big cape. Yeah. I want to, yeah. And a monocle. <laughs> that goes without saying in my eyes. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I, like I'd have like three monocles just in case. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just in case? Yeah, you could break a monocle. <laughs> then where I'm are wearing you? a... Where are, you, where are you then? You're out of monocles. So yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, you're on the balcony trying to look down and you're just out of monocles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a, what Chow Yun Fat wore in Pirates. Oh, wow. Boom! What did he Asian wear in Pirates? Pirate. <laughs> Just that costume? Just that costume. And I'm only in the movie for like 10 minutes. All out. All right. Good enough. <laughs> All right. So if you guys are going to a ball, would you guys want to have your spouse with you or your parent with you? It seems as though these people are accompanied by somebody that they uh, either like or are related to or somebody who owns them. <laughs> I don't. I would take a wingman. A wingman? Mm. Yeah. It's because pretty clever. Because there's lots of available... I mean, I'm the gay one, so there's lots of available men there, I guess, right? You'd have to weed them out. Your wingman will do all that work for you. Just Exactly. You exactly. Yeah. That's what I do. If I'm going to a fancy ball, I'd take my lovely girlfriend. That's... Aww. Aww. That's probably the right answer. <laughs> it's the only answer he can give, actually. It's the right answer. That's what it is. <laughs> David, well, you know, your tripod. If, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going, he takes a lot of photos. He does. That's the, that's they're the very joke good there. photos. <laughs> if you've not seen David's Lego photo or his toy photos, they're amazing. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm the. I guess I am the single one, so I would be out on the prowl looking for a plus one for the next ball. Ooh. But yeah, bringing a maybe bringing a wingman then would be the make the most sense. I like that. I like that. Great. All right. I think we did it then, guys. I think that's uh, that's how we play. We did it. Yep. Yay. That's how we uh, play. <laughs> no, everybody. no, everybody. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> Get down now, quickies. Jim. Each week and out now, we have one main movie of the week that we talk about. Where we other movies. Quickies. Oh, you did it this week, Tim. I, I did it pretty well. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. It might be confusing to some that aren't, you know, constantly on the show. Well, I mean, those <laughs> who those who don't listen actively, I don't know. But with that said, Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I did. I watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows, Finally. and I highly recommend it. <laughs> so good. Highly recommend it. It is really funny. There's even there's even heart to it. Yes. Uh, and uh, it, it's everything that uh, Chappie wasn't. So. To, ba- to back up a bit, What We Do in the Shadows is a film uh, that stars uh, Jermaine Clement, and I can't even, I don't have it in front of me. To the care. guy, the, yeah, from uh, New Zealand. What's his name? Oh, it's like something with TT. Yeah, uh, I, I forget his name. It's like, it's like my, the, my... It starts with a T. Um, but they wrote and co-directed this film. It's essentially a mockumentary in the style of something like Christopher Guest films, like this is Spinal Tap or Best in Show, except it involves vampires in New Zealand. Um, it is quite hilarious uh, if you kind of enjoy that sort of sense of humor, a kind of very dry sense of humor. Taika um, Waititi. Taika Waititi. Okay. And um, 
Yeah, lots of, lots of really funny moments in there. Kevin, you've seen it too, apparently? I have. It's awesome. Yeah. Loved it. Great. Uh, okay. Kevin, what have you seen recently? <clears throat> you know, I feel like I saw something Wednesday, but I can't remember what it was. Um, I, I, did want, I did watch a um, movie that I think comes out the 20th, um, not wide, though. It's called Spring. Yeah. Lou Taylor Pucci is like the biggest name probably in the movie. Um, it's got the pooch? It's got the pooch. <laughs> it's got the pooch. Um, but it's this weird sci-fi slash horror romance, but it's really more about the romance. It's literally like before sunrise meets species. Because hmm. there's a lot of talking and walking through Italy, and it's all about the relationship, yet there's something not quite right with the girl. And that's all I'll say. But by the end of it, I was like, that was so sweet. Between that and Under the Skin, it sounds like spe- Indie Species is getting a lot of uh, new directions in the past couple of years. This is better than than Under the Skin. <laughs> I did not like Under the Skin. Not even the the intense score? Oh, God, I wanted to scratch my ears off. <laughs> I wish I had Mark Hoban on this podcast. Get the, get the battle going. Yeah, no, I just could not get into that movie. And I liked his other movie, Birth, but I didn't like this one. So that's called Spring? That opens Spring. It soon? opens the 20th. Cool. Yeah. David, awesome. have you seen yes. any other uh, movies recently? Yeah, I'm actually really behind on Oscar movies, so I finally watched Whiplash. Oh. I really enjoyed it. It's, uh, you know, J.K. Simmons totally nailed it and deserves his Oscar and... You know, uh, I really enjoyed that. I'm also watching the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix new right. new series, which I I'm enjoying. Yeah, I'm enjoying that show quite a bit too. I mentioned that uh, last week. It's uh, quite funny. Yeah. Any uh, Thirty Rock fans should definitely check that out. Yeah, it just feels like Thirty Rock, but not in Thirty Rock. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw the other two new releases this week, and I'll be brief on one. The first is uh, Run All Night. That's the new Liam Neeson film. Um, basically, if you've seen Liam Neeson in an action movie before, you get that again. Although, <laughs> given that Taken 3 was one of the worst things I've seen in a long time, this is remarkably better than that. Um, it's from the same director, Young Colette Sarah, who did a Nonstop and Unknown. It's not as good as Nonstop in terms of the fun factor. Fun factor? Yeah, exactly. You know where I'm coming from. But yeah. um, it's still, it's still, it's worthwhile enough if you like eventually see it, like to rent it or something. Like, oh, I didn't see this one. Yeah, you can go check that out. It's, it's fine. Um, the other film I saw was It Follows. No, this... I saw that too. Yeah? That's it. <laughs> uh, it. It Follows is this new um, horror film that's arriving. That's arrived in limited release this weekend. It did really well for being on four screens, by the way. Did it? And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's akin to like a Wes Anderson or PTA film that opens on like four screens and makes like a huge per theater average. It Follows did that kind of business, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, but this, this film follows a, um, a young woman who is passed along this kind of entity. <laughs> it's hard to describe it. it. Yeah, she's she's passed along an entity where essentially a creature that can take the the form of any person she knows or doesn't know, um, and it will just follow her. Um, I say that very literally. It just walks after you. And if it gets you, that's not good, but you can easily outrun it or what have you. It just It's always going to be following you until you pass it on to the next person. Um, it's not a very gory movie or violent one, but it is one that's very creepy and has a great atmosphere and a really cool soundtrack. And uh, I was I was a big fan of it. Kevin, did you enjoy It Follows? I did. I was a little disappointed with the end. I thought there would be a little bit, kind of a bigger ending. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing is I forgot who the director was. And in the middle of it, I'm like, this feels like that sleepover movie. And then suddenly I realized, hey, it's by the same director. There you go. Um, what, can I ask you a question? I don't think that this is a spoiler at all. Sure, go for but it. 
what was what was up with her little compact that was like a phone but that was the only technology in the whole movie that's that was it was yeah the movie like it felt it has the kind of timeless sort of feel to it like the, none of the cars are really new the, yeah. the the settings and places and way people interact with each other doesn't really represent modern times nor does it represent past it just feels like it's anywhere but yeah there's one character that has some kind of um like kindle like device that's very specifically tech and so yeah it was that was a little like it was a little not off-putting but it was like huh this is like the one it's the quirk for that character i guess it's just like everything else in the film but it was so strange because it felt like the 70s or 80s, yeah, yeah. except for her, and it wasn't technology that we have because it was it looked like a like a compact to put makeup on, but it was she was reading a book and she was dressed up like Velma from Scooby Doo, like that was that's what <laughs> right. I kept thinking every time I saw. <laughs> that's true. But but yeah, no, like I mean, what what I yes, that that was that All was right, the thing I just that wondered I thought if of, you know, I'm sure. I was, you know, yeah, I was curious I was too. I'd I love to read an inter- interview with uh, the director uh, David David Robert Mitchell is the director's name. He wrote and directed this film. Um, the film it also stars uh, Micah Monroe. She's the lead actress, and she was in The Guest last year as well. She was opposite Dan Stevens in that film. Oh, yeah. She looks younger here than that film, even though this movie was made, was made after it. But it was. Um, but regardless, I really like It Follows quite a bit. I'm very happy that people were checking it out. I'm really happy that it has like a I think like a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. And it's, I I can agree with you, Kevin, that the ending is. I think everything that comes before it's better than the way it ends, but I'm still uh, just the, between the atmosphere and just the way it's the filmmaking involved. I really enjoyed what I had, what I had to see there. But uh, yeah, that is out of peace. All right, let's get on to movie trailer talk, where we discuss one of the newest trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, and what have you. And this week we're talking about Inside Out. This is the first of two Pixar movies to come out this year. What? Um, this one involves. I remember when Pixar was when they were describing it as a journey inside of the mind. Now there's like an actual like plot and characters and things, and it's like, oh yeah, that's happening too. Uh, but this comes from director Pete Docter, who uh, directed Up, um, and I believe uh, the first Monsters Inc. If I'm not mistaken. And um, yeah, it stars a number of people as Amy Poehler, uh, Bill Hader, Mindy Kaling, Phyllis Smith from The Office, and um, and and uh, comedy voice voice acting legend Louis Black, I believe, is the uh, the way he's going by. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he won. He won a, an Academy Award for that. Yeah, sure. Uh, David, what did you think of the trailer for Inside Out? You know, I, I, when I'm hearing, when I heard about the short or the movie, it was, it was like so fascinating. And I think the trailer, I like it, but I don't know if it was structured in a way that appeals to to me to watch it. If I didn't know anything that it was Pixar or anything else. Um, but I'm, I'm still gonna watch it. But I'm not sh- too sure about what they've shown us so far. I think they're holding back. But have you, have you, how it, have you been feeling about the last few Pixar films? I mean, I, I feel like the last three. What? Let's see. They were Brave, Brave uh, Monsters uh, University, and Cars Two. I feel like they were probably oh the. That's not, that's not the best sampling, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like back to back to back. Yeah, it would be like I, you know, I, I all, I like those movies all in their own, you know, for their own reasons. But I feel like, yeah, out of the whole Pixar canon, those are probably the three weakest ones. And but I am looking forward to Inside Out a lot, and I love all the talent they have inside. But it shouldn't be about the talent, right? It should be about the film itself. And I do look forward to what they do, but I, I the trailers that they made, I'm not so sure about so far. Kevin, yeah, I, I would 
I maybe I'm just over analyzing it too much, but I mean I think the concept is interesting. But the fact that like two of them get sucked into something accidentally and that causes her depression, I actually think almost minimizes kids who actually have depression. So I was like, is this giving a really weird message? Is that am I over analyzing it? <laughs> I don't think you are. I'm curious how that's going to play out as well, just because of the idea that you have these kind of these representatives of emotions that are screwing up inside. I'm curious how that's going to play out both in like the kind of reality version and the inside the mind version, like how that connects. Like, I feel like Pixar are smart enough to try and make something like that work. So I'm, I, I'm, I agree. I'm more curious of anything of what, how they pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, I, mean, I thought yeah. that too. I was like, Pixar knows what they're doing, but I'm still concerned. <laughs> Abe, your thoughts? This definitely shows more than the teaser trailer, and that I'm excited for, because the teaser trailer was just their, their dinner scene or lunch scene, and it kind of made me think, well, yeah, sure, the voice acting is there, but I don't really know what's going on here, and is this just a movie about people going through, and then they're just going to go up above in their head and show all, all these emotions at work kind of thing? Uh, but now I've got more of a plot to go with, so I'm a little bit more intrigued uh, about this movie than, than I was before, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good with it mainly because it's just a new Pixar movie that's an original Pixar movie. Like, as much as I I had fun with Monsters University, and as much as Abe and I seem to be Enjoy some, of the, some of the lone defenders of Cars too, not I like Cars too. It's a spy movie. We're not saying it's the best, but yeah, it is. You know, among the weaker entries, and 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 Brave happened. It had you know, Mom was a bear. Um, <laughs> I, love brave. I love brave. We like. I also liked Brave. Uh, yeah. And and David, you said you like. I mean, we like. We liked these. I mean, yeah. Looking it has at problems, the, but looking know, at the yeah. sampling size of these of this Pixar batch, it's like this Inside Out seems like a nice kind of return to something different and new. Um, which Brave was to an extent, but I mean, this is like this seems like something like far more far like very fantastical and imaginative that makes me think of some of the older Pixar movies, and I'm excited to see what comes of it. Um, and I like this cast a lot. I, I mean, I joke about Lewis Black, but I, I like the, that's the, that's the kind of inspired Pixar pick that I enjoy. It's the same with like having Ed Asner being the lead action hero in Up. It's like, all right, let's do that. <laughs> let's make that work. When you say action hero, that makes him sound way cooler. But yeah, he, <laughs> he was he did do, he was he was he dog do a lot of with, action. With dogs and biplanes. Yeah, yeah. versus his, his and his nemesis. Yeah, and his and his nemesis. Uh, <laughs> who is he? Uh, Christopher Plummer. Yeah, yes. Galor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they had him going. <laughs> you know, um, there's one thing that bothered me the most of this trailer, and it's not—it's really just just minutia. It's uh, that they're eating at the table, they're eating Chinese takeout, and they're eating out of the boxes. <laughs> Who does that ever? When you order takeout, you just pour it out in plates or something like you. You never get one thing in the box and just eat that only, right? It's just. Well, uh, romantic comedy does that. Every romantic comedy. Yeah, so, that's, uh, I, I, kinda, feel like, the couch. <laughs> I feel like they yeah. do that in that in the uh, the what's that animated short the the one that just won the Oscar. <laughs> uh, uh, Feast. 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 Thank you. Yeah. I feel like they do that in Feast. He like eats out of a box at some when he's all depressed. Well, he's depressed. Yeah, that's explainable. <laughs> that's expl when it, when you're depressed. There's no time for plates. It's eating out of the box or nothing. Yeah, when you eat as a family, you're you're buying a whole bunch of different food and you're putting it out yeah. on the table and you spread it out. Okay, and... Asian half of this podcast. <laughs> I'm glad you guys agree with each other on this. <laughs> I mean, I've like, seen them do it. It's just, it's just not as nitpicky for me. Yeah, it's just like, ah, white filmmakers, come on. 
All right, that's all. That's my beef. There, okay. My now Mongolian, my beef and broccoli. There we go. Now we know where's the <laughs> Mongolian beef. And um, let's see, Inside Out hits theaters June nineteenth. Um, is it in three D? Doesn't matter. Um, probably. Um, yes, it's in three D. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? That'd be ridiculous, right? Why would I even ask the question like that? Yeah. But yeah, Inside Out coming out soon, and I'm excited for it. Yep. Um, so we all are. Cool. Well, that said, let's move on now. Let's get to our main film review for Cinderella. Ella, Ella, Ella. <laughs> hey, hold on! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you all right? I'm all right, but you've nearly frightened the life out of him. Who? The stag. But we're hunting, you see. It's what's done. Just because it's what's done doesn't mean it's what should be done. You're right. I hope to see you again, miss. Ragged servant girl is what you are, and that is what you will always be. <laughs> ha! Wake up, your royal highness. You're in a daze. It's that wonderful girl. I can't stop thinking about her. You will be king soon. A prince is not free to follow his heart. He must marry for the good of the kingdom. What on earth have you been doing? Dreaming, that's all. Well then, wake up. No one in the kingdom will outshine my daughters. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Cinderella. This is the latest fairy tale story to be turned into a live-action film from director Kenneth Branagh. Uh, has takes puts his take on this classic story that features Lily James as the kind Ella, who is forced to wait on her stepsisters and evil stepmother, played by Kate Blanchett. You pretty much knows what happens next here, but the film has some tweaks and added backstory here and there, plus lots and lots of costumes. Kevin Taft, yes. what has been your take on the various uh, fairy tale live action versions, such as well, like Maleficent and Alice and Snow White? And what did you think of Cinderella? Um. Okay. Well, Snow White. I don't. We. Uh, you're not going to. Not really. Yeah. It's more of a. Yeah, it's not Disney. It's, yeah. it's not Disney. Um. I actually really liked Alice in Wonderland, and I was surprised that I liked it so much. Um, and I know a lot of people didn't, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, Maleficent, I, you know, I enjoyed because I heard it wasn't very good, so I didn't have any expectations. But they kind of screwed up a really classic Disney villain <laughs> and made her nice. So that sucks. Um, so I was nervous about this one, but I really, really loved Cinderella. And I thought I was going to be bored because we've seen the story so many times and there's nothing to the story. But I was enthralled the whole time. I thought the I thought it was just exquisitely directed. Uh, I thought the acting was fantastic. I, I don't know. I just I loved it. Loved David, it. David, I know you really disliked Maleficent, correct? Yes, it's the most it's the worst movie I've seen in a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> and but, I see a lot of really bad movies. So with that are... in mind, having having that, that taste in your mouth, what did you think of Cinderella? Yeah, I was really scared, like everyone else, about Cinderella, because the first teaser trailer was just really bad. It was the shoe, and it was like, oh god, this shoe looks awful. And, <laughs> you know, it's like they, there's an obsession with butterflies that I don't understand. But, moving on, uh, I saw that the, a California Adventure, the Disney Park, they had a little sneak peek, which showed the whole bibbidi-bobbidi-boo transformation scene and i was like that's where i kind of like okay wait a minute this movie is actually not perverting my childhood of you know there, it's not taking something and adding a spin or a twist or surprise it's just the familiar story and it just it's well thought out and i really really enjoyed it i love i kind of loved it actually and uh yeah it's it's great actually i'm surprised i'm abe you were among the three that were liking Maleficent more than I was on that podcast. 
Not yeah. a whole lot more, but yeah. I, but you you I, were okay. I did, you I you was guys were recommending it while I yeah. wasn't. I'll put it that way. Right. <laughs> with that, so with that in mind, what did you think of Cinderella? Uh, what I thought of Cinderella was that it is a really good movie, and uh, kind of what uh, Kevin was saying, it's got good direction, it's got good uh, production design, uh, great costumes, and it's just I like that the first half of the movie, or basically up until she meets her fairy godmother, it's really grounded. Like it's there's nothing there's not there's no like uh, frills in terms of song numbers or anything like that. It's basically a story about a girl whose parents passed away and she lives this terrible life. She she does everything to be kind, but these people are so mean to her. They're so wicked to her that you know it's just she just can't do it anymore. And then only when she meets her fairy godmother does things kind of get a little quirky in terms of how things are transforming. Uh, but even after that, after the ball scene, everything gets ground- grounded again, and I really, really enjoyed that because, again, I mean, ever since the animated Disney movie, this is probably like the best rendition of it. Yes, even better than Brandy and Whoopi Goldberg's version. <laughs> so, I mean, I was holding, that one's like you know that's that's the top tier. I would say yeah, it is. It's like Brandy, Brandy really good. It's, it's like Brandy, then Drew Barrymore. The, the, those are the Cinderella. Oh, right, ever after, <laughs> right? Of course, yeah. That was so good. <laughs> But uh, I really like this one just because of the way that they, the, the direction that Kenneth Branagh gave to it, which is let's make this a little bit more s- serious, so to speak, even though it's still very child friendly. Um, and let me make this movie just straight out a movie. There's nothing about it. Like, she's not going to go sit in the forest by herself and just sing to these birds for whatever reason. Uh, she just goes out and has a good time with these animals because she lives life differently and she sees things differently. However, she's still very smart. She's not like a ditz or anything like that. And she has emotions. There's a lot of emotion in this movie. Uh, Kate Blanchett is fantastic as this really mean old woman. And her reasoning is the way, is like so sad um, when she when she tells her reasoning to Cinderella at the end there. But no, I, I had a good time with this movie. The only thing that I would say is that it felt a little long. Um, even though it was only an hour and 45 minutes, I was surprised to see that. Uh, but it felt a little long toward the toward the midsection there. Uh, but for the most part, no, I, I think that people should go see this and this is how some of these movies should be made. I mean, I'm glad that they're making these types of quote unquote serious, uh, real life versions. I, um, I think I've been pretty clear that I just didn't like Maleficent. I have not been very warm on the live action fairy tale films that we've seen so far. Cause I was not a big fan of Alice and, um, yeah, we mentioned Maleficent already and although Snow White doesn't count, it's like, yeah, it's, that happened. Um, <laughs> So, yes, I was weary going into Cinderella just because I knew the story and it's not the most exciting of the fairy tales that I've seen or, you know, know. Um, but I, uh, I I enjoyed this movie quite a bit as well. I like what Abe, you kind of talked about. It's, it's grounded and that's something I can appreciate. What I I like the restraint, I think, is one of the best ways to put it. I like that it it wasn't this kind of mess of CGI which isn't really necessary for a movie like Cinderella as opposed to something like Maleficent, which has so much more fantastical stuff in it. But, I mean, a movie like Cinderella does have, you know, the pumpkin turning into the carriage and the mice turning into horses, all that stuff. But even when that stuff happens, it's fun, and it doesn't overshadow the rest of the movie. It's more of like, this is that part, and it's, you know, it works. Um, and along with that, you get a very good-looking movie. I think uh, well, Kenneth Branagh doesn't necessarily go out of his way to make, a, like, a super 
amazing directed feature film. It's certainly better than you know his last effort, Jack Ryan, and it <laughs> um it it gives a lot of it gives a lot of uh a lot of strength to the the kind of production design and the costumes and everything we're seeing. Like it's a very visual movie, which is what you really want to see in Cinderella. I mean, you get the kind of empowerment from Lily James's performance, and you uh you see Kate Blanchett being as good as two-time Academy Award winner Kate Blanchett could be as the evil stepmother, which is effective. And even Prince Charming, boy, who is it? Uh, 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 Madden, Richard Madden from yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. He's not as bland as I would have expected Prince Charming to be, which, you know, the character generally is. But the movie, it, you know, the, the screenplay's good. Like, it gives enough for all the characters to work with to kind of flesh themselves out as much as you need to in a film that's, you know, an hour and 45 minutes as opposed to, like, 70 minutes or whatever the animated film is. So it, there's enough there to like make it work, and while yes, I think it's it's a little too familiar for me to have liked it more because it didn't really do all that much to distinguish itself from any other Cinderella story. I still liked watching it. I had a good time being a part of this movie and seeing everything that came came out of it. Indicate. Oh, it's a lovely blue. Do stop whiffing on. forgot remember the magic will only last so long with the last echo of the last bell at the last stroke of midnight the spell will be broken and all will return to what it was before midnight hmm? midnight that's more than enough time <laughs> off you go then thank you oh, thank you goosey go you know, something I really liked about it was that the stepsisters were not just butt ugly. I liked that they had, uh, the, you know, one of them was actually kind of cute, but uh, it was more about their personality type and how mm -hmm. they were grown and spoiled. You know, so it's not just about, you know, a pretty Cinderella that gets the prince. It's more about their their inside, you know, how their characters are. And I think that's really important, too. You know, it's not just about ugly people who are ugly and versus really pretty people who are absolutely, you know, have the best personality in the movie. So it's, it's, a, you know, I like that dynamic. Yeah. And something that you touched upon Aaron too, is just the backstory that's given to some of these characters. So again, I did, I did feel very sad when Kate Blanchett is talking about how her first marriage was for love. She had two great kids. And then all of a sudden, like she had to, she had to do something because she couldn't take care of them or she needed to, to take care of them for the rest of their lives kind of thing. Um, but then they also give backstory to the prince. And that's a nice tender story there, too, with a son and father situation where, you know, basically one's trying to teach the other and then they end up teaching both teaching each other a life lesson. And it's kind of it was kind of a, a sad moment when, uh, you know, the, the prince's father passes away because it's, it's almost as if he's kind of going back to the fetal position and being a son to his, his uh, you know, kind of remembering those those days gone when he was still a kid and it was kind of a bummer those so. days of future past yes exactly I so then sentinels came in right afterward i could have used more uh, backstory on stellan skarsgård's mustache but i mean yeah i i, uh, <laughs> I certainly like give him a full beard i certainly liked everything else going on in terms of how you handle these characters and how you show that they're you know people i mean like cinderella i think i really like lily james and as cinderella i think she does a very good job of making a character that could be considered boring by some make her more interesting just given that she has more to do and you see where she's coming from you see how she's treated which is the kind of thing that kind of angers me when i'm watching it it's like ah just let her do stuff <laughs> but it, uh, <laughs> right. it between like her in that mode and then her and kind of 
more you know charming mode as she's uh, meeting Kit for the first time, and then later on at the ball. Like, there's a lot of fun to be had there, and I think that's a credit to the screenplay that has fun with these characters, but doesn't allow it to go to like self-referential territory or be like winking at you. It's not like it's not Princess Bride or something that you know is aware of itself. It it knows how to play it as a straightforward fairy tale while still knowing how to have fun with that. What, you know, one thing I wanted to point out is that, as far as Kenneth Branagh's direction, is his the, the ballroom scene where they have their first dance together. That was the first time I've actually... I mean, you always hear them talk about, you know, I don't know if people read romance novels or whatever. They always talk about dancing with somebody and you feel dizzy and you feel swooning. And I felt like he actually nailed that feeling. Like, I didn't want that sequence to end because I was totally get, I, getting it. I felt like I was in there with them, and I could feel the emotion, and I could feel the dizziness and the swooningness of that first dance together. And I don't, I, I don't think a lot of other movies have captured that like he did. Yeah, and that's the only scene where I was like, you know who could do this better? Joe Wright <laughs> in Anna Karenina. Uh, but, uh, right. No, but you're right. The, I mean, the like, music would sync up as they were like, yeah. all dancing around. It'd be very <laughs> clever. Yeah, no, but th- that was still a pretty good sequence. Yeah, it was my favorite. It's my favorite part. What else? Uh, I liked, I mean, there's a lot of good actors in this movie. Like, I, I, besides, I mean, Lily James and Richard Madden are, you know, they're like the newbies as compared to everybody else. I mean, you have Derek Jacoby right. <laughs> as, as the king. Yeah. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård popping in to, because he, we needed a Stellan Skarsgård like, character. Well, it's because they, uh, they couldn't get comedian of the year uh, Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> Tom Wilkinson was busy. He had unfinished business in Germany. Yeah, exactly. um, but Helena, Helena Bonham Carter as the fairy godmother—that's that's an inspired choice, I would say. I, yeah. It's nice to see her, you know, playing on the good side for one well, thing. Well, is it though? Is it that inspired? Because I feel like she's the new Johnny Depp. She plays the same character every time she's in. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I get well. I, I can agree with you to an extent, but I mean, in terms of her being on this side of things and quirky in a in a positive way, as opposed to. <laughs> You know, possible. <laughs> right. She's she's almost too familiar a face now in these kinds of movies because she's in Harry Potter, she's in Alice in Wonderland, and but she's the villain in all these movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but she, she's, but she's, she's, she's whack job all the time, and here she's a whack job again. She's good with a wand, though. <laughs> she is good with a wand. That is true. Guessing all those spells. <laughs> uh, uh, one, one, thing... one. Go oh, ahead. Go Okay, uh, one thing that kind of was weird for me is that they changed her name to Ella, and Cinderella was the kind of, like, her made-up, made-fun-of taunting name. And, and that she part... took to it. Like, that's the like, right. She's, she's, right. She really is like, you know what, my name's Ella, actually. She's like, no, I'm Cinderella now. Like, that's yeah. that's a pretty cool name, I guess. Like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was the most awkward, probably most awkward part for me in the whole movie, and the most not handled as well as it could have been, maybe. Is that from the original fairy tale, though? Um, is it? I, 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 I feel in an out now podcast at geoma.com. Let us know your thoughts on what the actual name of Cinderella was. <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to add was just in terms of being grounded, the score is not ultra whimsical whenever she's seeing some deer or whatever else. Um, <laughs> it's just very, yeah, it, yeah, it's just very plain. And the only time that it gets a little bit more like uh, that you notice it is when bad things happen because it gets a little bit more cacophonous. Um, but no, I mean, again, everything was pretty much, uh, it was pretty low key. Uh, like what Aaron said, there's not really much that I was expecting because I know, I know this story. I know what's going to happen. So it's kind of just a matter of, well, I guess where else can you take me 
on this ride and it was pretty decent which is yeah i mean that's that was my apprehension going in it's like how much as something like maleficent which i didn't like the movie but i like the idea of the movie where you take a character like that in another story you know in the sleeping beauty story and you try to explore that that's a that's a neat idea in itself i don't think the delivery was all that great but the at least there was something different to work with there this is just a straightforward retelling of cinderella so i'm not necessarily inclined to think this is going to be amazing uh, but at the same time i was like yeah I'll, I'll see it i'll see what they you know bring to it just because there's you know i like brana as a director and i like the you know the cast involved or what have you and it turned out well like it's just it's a well done film yeah. I, I i i know some people like it a lot more than i do but i i think it's just it's a worthwhile film experience i, I would say that and I'm, I'm fine with that hey guys yeah i i just looked it up and uh it's in the original book by peralt uh charles peralt that uh, cinderella was her given mocking nickname because right. she would always covered in cinders the more you know the more you know <laughs> <laughs> i have a question yeah um and because i didn't read the press notes or anything so i downloaded the soundtrack because i did like the, the music the score and they have cinder uh helena bonna carter singing bibbidi bobbidi boo and they have lily james singing a dream is a wish your heart makes and i'm wondering if they actually did film two musical numbers and then decided to cut it because two would stand out as kind of weird. Yeah, I wonder that too. too, because they play those songs at the end, like during the credits, both oh, of those think? songs in full, right? Oh. Or uh, would it be just to satisfy people who are wondering, where are the songs? I, I, I'll be curious. Well, I'll be curious when the, uh, when the, cause they, they're, you know, they're going to make the beauty and the beast film now. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if that's going to be a, a, you know, remain a thing, if it's going to, you know, if they're not going to embrace the musical spirit of some of these animated films. No, that, that, one's live a, action, yeah. that one's a musical, and it's supposed to include stuff from the, the Broadway version as well. That makes sense, because I know that one. While this film takes a lot from the animated version of Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast is going to be a more direct remake of the animated version that Disney yeah. already made. So that, that make, And it's, it's directed by Bill Condon, so I mean, that, it, all, it all adds up pretty well there. <laughs> oh, so it's going to be pretty <laughs> mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's got a good cast so far. they got Josh Gad as the foo. That's a, that's a good choice. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if Dracula Untold as Gaston would have been my first choice. He seems a little right. too, a little too dire, a little too uh, a little too serious to be the guy that's juggling dozens of eggs and swallowing them all at the same time. But maybe I don't know. Maybe they should have got the Rock to do it. Maybe the yeah. You see, the the Rock would be a, Dwayne Johnson as Gaston. <laughs> I mean, that would be incredible. Yeah, we're I gonna hear. Yeah, who doesn't want to hear the Rock singing? Right. It's, well, every, it's, uh, it's a challenge for everyone. Is Moana going to be a, a musical? Because he's in, he's cast in the next Disney movie, Moana. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know if that's not a musical. Then all I'm learning yeah. is that The Rock's really busy, and I like that. Yeah, <laughs> like he's not leaving anything unturned. He's fighting. Two. He's fighting two, two, two disasters this this year. He's got Jason Statham and tidal waves. I mean, that it's crazy <laughs> how much The Rock is doing. <laughs> what are we talking about? Cinderella. Uh, <laughs> uh, Go yeah. see it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like it's a good movie, but in terms of the, the musical aspect of it, yeah, I'm, I guess it, I, I guess I, the idea was never to turn it into a musical, which is why they left the songs there. Maybe they had a version of it that I mean, it was being worked on for a while by a number of different people. One being Mark Romanek, who would have been made it a, a lot darker of a story. Mark Romanek did one hour photo. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how that movie would have turned out, but then you have a. Uh, <laughs> You have this solid screenplay that doesn't seem to really allude to 
many moments where songs could suddenly come into play, even though it has like, like this, the, the fantasy sequence stuff where everything's transforming into things. It, it fits to an extent. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, this is coming as opposed to the film really sets you up for it. It's more, you just know the story. So, you know, this has to happen at some point. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, you know, I, I let that, that sequence go because it was, I just knew that it was going to happen. So how can you have something fantastical happen uh, even though the rest of the story is grounded, you just have to do it, and a pumpkin has to just make become a carriage. So, yeah. Anything else on uh, Cinderella? I thought the lizard was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got he's got a good life thing there, which is just like, and I'm just a lizard, you know. Just take the looks... situation as you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a very inspiring moment <laughs> i liked um what's his name i like nonzo is it like nonzo a lot he's from Korth, oh as the captain as the uh, captain he's from Korth on game of thrones that guy uh but he's popped up in a lot of things over the years that i've seen him in. but i, I liked his chemistry with uh with richard madden i thought they they did good job together just of kind of having this you know this, this a side character that you know does what he does but like they it just fits yeah, you're noticing that uh, because he he was in the last movie that Kenneth Branagh directed. Uh, so. Yeah, he was the assassin that gets killed. In the yeah, he was, he, yeah, he was in one of the sillier scenes of Jack Ryan. Shattered. Right, and, <laughs> and, and Stellan uh, Starsgard was the uh, was in Thor. Was in Thor, and like Derek Jacoby's been in some of his Shakespearean films as well. Like they've, it, it, Kenneth Branagh keeps good people. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Does Kenneth Branagh show up in his own movies? Does he does like, do a Hitchcock moment? Well, he all? was the villain in Jack Ryan. He, yeah, he usually does. He does. Well, well he, he, and he's Hamlet in Hamlet. Like yeah. he's he's, and, in, he's most of his but earlier. He, so he's not in Thor unless he's in like super heavy makeup and uncredited. Right. So, did he do Dead Again? Uh, Didn't he direct Dead Again? And he's I, like lead. I believe, I mean, he's he's the lead in, he, again. He was Hamlet. I mean, he's yes, he's not a he's not a he's not averse <laughs> to being in the films that he's directed. Uh, I think it's just more of if he knows what he's uh, doing. He did not direct Dead Again. He yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I'm, I'm ridiculous. Yes, he did. What are we talking about? <laughs> Scott Frank wrote Red Dead Again. Oh, I did not... Yeah. Yeah, yeah Bron, I mean, Bronna does his job here. Like, yeah, he's not in it. But um, he, uh, did a, he did a Cinderella homework. That seems yeah. I, I feel I... like he's going to direct a Star Wars movie at some point. It... Well, well I... Chris White's is the writer for one. Yeah. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got that. I mean, he did a pretty decent job with Thor. I enjoyed Thor. Well, he so. did, I mean, that's the thing, though. It seems like he he's a very at the like early on when he's doing the Shakespeare stuff. That's great and everything, but like now with Thor and Jack Ryan and even Cinderella, there are not movies that seem to really test you as a director. I would say it seems more of like it seems more of like a safe choice. I, I, I disagree with that because uh, yeah, used to them is even when I was watching Thor, I didn't realize he had directed it, and I was like this is freaking Shakespearean. Like, what the hell is going on? This is not what I expected. And then when it was him, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I and I felt like with this, he did the same thing. He made it, he did give it that groundedness, but he also made it very uh, epic and, and beautiful. I, I can agree with that. And I can, I can agree that he does a good job. What I'm saying is that while something like Thor, yes, he, he's, he manages to bring up the Shakespearean themes, and you can see when you're watching Thor, you can kind of see, like, oh, this is why he wanted to sign on it. He saw the inherent Shakespearean drama, which is something he's obviously attached to. Yeah. And, you know, Cinderella, you can see various themes playing out there as well. I, I remember nothing about Jack Ryan at this point beyond the stupidness of some of that movie, <laughs> but I mean, they're... It's not couples therapy. In, in terms of, like, what he brings as kind of a... 
I guess an, an action director. I don't see much that's all that innovative. I can see him. No, he's a good actor's director. I wouldn't deny that because that's what happens when you you know direct Shakespeare. I would say you're trying to focus on the characters. And yes, seeing movies that focus on characters is not a bad thing at all. Like that's good to see. I just I I don't know what he would do that that would make me excited and hit for a Star Wars movie beyond the fact that I'm like oh well he'll do a competent job I'm sure. And that's and that's kind of all. That's what's all that's needed really. And and Star Wars it's all about writing. That's true. Yeah, you too. look at the first, the, the, you know, you look at all the Star Wars films, and it, I wouldn't necessarily say the direction is the highlight. I mean, there's compared to yes, the writer, the, the writing, the the chemistry between the characters, the the magistry of the Force versus the dark side, I mean, right? Which again, and, that that you could, that kind of screams Brana if you kind of play up the see the drama. Okay, thank you. Yeah, between <laughs> and, the dark and the light. Yes, and, and think about this: if the prequels, if the cast, if they use the same script and the director worked with the actors more to make that all believable wouldn't that be just so much better agree yes i mean that's lucas's problem is that he's not an actor's director that's no. part of what really hurts those prequels right and i think thor both thor and cinderella are both difficult movies to imagine before these uh have come out you know cinderella is just so familiar how it's it, i think it's more difficult to tackle something that's that familiar and to make it as fresh as kenneth did so i i, I kind of like Hats off to him. You've that. won me over, guys. All right. Episode <laughs> 9, sign me up. Kenneth Branagh, writing director, star, or just directing hey, Star Wars. <laughs> do it, Hollywood. Let's Dang. see. Okay. <laughs> First. All do right. it, Hollywood. <laughs> with, all that, with all that out of the way, I think it's all safe to say that we'd recommend seeing Cinderella in theaters? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah? Absolutely. IMAX. I'm, yeah, it is an is IMAX. Is it playing in IMAX? It is. And, wow. in, and in glorious 2D, no less, too. Yeah. Was it filmed in IMAX? No. No, but it's, it? It, well, they can still put them in IMAX. I guess. They do that's the, just a waste of money, though. Avengers is an IMAX. It's not filmed in IMAX. I actually I saw it at an IMAX. Like the, uh, the, the, the place in Santa Monica, their headquarters. They have an IMAX? Yeah, there's a little headquarters and their little party before. They had a tea party before. Oh, well, <laughs> well how appropriate. Did you all wear hats? Um, you could dress up as a Disney prince or princess if you would like to. I did not do that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I would have liked. To who who would you dress up as? Aladdin. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> wait, wait. Street rat Aladdin or Prince Ali? Aladdin? Street. I don't know. Street I, rat I'm thinking street rat because yeah, that riff raff street pretty, rat. You know, scoundrel. Yeah. Just, bring, just show up with like a loaf of bread. <laughs> that you stole, and then <laughs> and then give it to some child that's hanging out outside the party. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm gonna do that for Halloween next year. Street rat at Aladdin with a loaf of bread. Yes, yeah, rat Aladdin with a loaf of bread. Oh, you need someone to be a boo as well. Let's just yeah. get the whole let's get get the whole Just Cena crew together. You guys can form up an Aladdin team. Street rats. What's the tiger's name? What's Jasmine's Ra- name? Raja. Raja. Oh, okay. Then what's the lead guard guy's name? Um, the, the like the big the like the, uh, the, the Azul. Uh, it's like Azul or something. Right? Something I can't like that. remember. Like the main security guard guy that's always chasing <laughs> yeah, after a I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Big I know it's voiced by Jim Cummings, but that's all I know. That's all you know. You, you randomly that's voiced by Jim Cummings. It's pretty. That's good. pretty good. I mean, that's pretty good trivia knowledge there. Moving He's on. Gotta... <laughs> Ra- Razul or and Ra- he plays Farouk. Rhymes with Azul, so that's close. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we've talked sufficiently about um, about Cinderella, and I guess we can uh, move on here. Hello, I need to chime in and apologize. The audio quality from here has a bit of choppiness to it. 
Not sure why it happened, but just giving you a heads up. All right, so moving on, uh, before we get to more fun, let's get to a little side fun with the sponsor, um, Audible. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com. There are over hundreds of thousands of titles you can choose from for any sort of MP3 device that you may have. Um, these are all audiobooks, and today I'm going to recommend any of the men. I, I looked up Cinderella, and there are about 80 different picks that you could find for <laughs> some kind of Cinderella story. So go for it. You can get any of those or any other book that you might find on there uh, for free. If you go to audibletrial.com, podcast, you get a free book download if you use that link, and you get to check out their service for 30 days. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of it, but you get to keep the book that you downloaded for free. So there you go. Be a winner. Read. Read. Or listen. Audibletrial.com, podcast. What do we got now? Let's get to a little out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is, of course, where we go over the various questions and answers that we received on our Facebook page, um, facebook.com, so podcast. Um, and we're going to just go over those. And David and Kevin, if you guys have any responses as well to these questions we're going to throw out there, you guys feel free to respond. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first question we asked everyone is, what fairy tale do you want to see a live-action film version of next? Uh, Tyler writes, I would like to see a Disney tackle Hansel and Gretel. I feel with a big budget, it could look really cool. And probably forget about that, you know, David, or I'm sorry, uh, Hawkeye movie. Uh, Philip writes, how about a folktale about Alibaba and the 40 Thieves starring Dev Patel and The Rock? They could play Ryan and Skillin over the credits. Wow. I mean, that writes this itself. Guy, he's thought it through. <laughs> Philip has thought it through. It writes itself. That's what it does. Dev Patel. Um, Dev Patel. <laughs> he needs a win. He, he was in two movies last week. <laughs> yeah, the the second grand or second best Marigold Hotel, and then so I didn't see the Janet. second. Did, Kevin, did you see the second best exotic Marigold Hotel? I haven't seen either one of the best exotic Marigold Hotel. Well, I, I've been hearing various things about it, but I know a friend of the show, Mark Hoban, he absolutely hated the second best exotic Marigold Hotel. <laughs> so between that and our very negative review of Chappie last week, it seems Chappie. like Dev Patel did not do a very good job. I yeah. liked Chappie. Why do people hate it so much? So I didn't... You should listen to our review. <laughs> I, I, see, I wouldn't say I hated Chappie. I didn't like the movie overall. I think it had ideas, and it's uh, there's some goopiness in there that's somewhat endearing, but I just don't think it came together overall all that well. Because I, I, I didn't like District 9 that much. I thought it got interesting as soon as it ended. I hated Elysium, and I thought this was his better... The better of the three. Couldn't disagree with you more. But uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, favorite Disney hero. Uh, April has Merida from Brave. Who needs a man to save you, she adds. Uh, Jason says Buzz Lightyear. Manish has Eric and Aladdin. Those guys are my idols. Willie has Hero from uh, Big Hero 6. Tammy has Sully from Monsters, Inc. Justin has Baymax, but I've always loved Darkwing Duck. And Philip has the Rocketeer, which is a great choice. Yay! Right there. Yay! There was a, there were a lot of people saying like Star Wars answers, and I'm glad that you guys are like, "Hey, Disney owns Star Wars, so we can ruin out now with Aaron and A by suggesting them as answers every time we get." Let's let's keep it real, okay? We, we know, you know what we're ta- you know what I'm talking about. When I ask these questions. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Did nobody put Hercules down because he's zero to hero? That doesn't make him a favorite. That just means he's really quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Plus, Meg's at that great song. Yeah, yeah like now I'm ma- now I'm making fun of your feedbackers. <laughs> Do you have a pick for Thanks, favorite David. Disney hero? <laughs> What's that? Do you have a pick for favorite Disney hero? Am I gonna piss you off and say Indiana Jones? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> hmm. Yes. Anyway, just just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I can't pick a favorite. They're all there's a lot of great ones. I like Rocketeer though as a choice. That's great. Kevin, you. Well, you know, I'm I, I'm mad now because you stole mine, which is the Rocketeer. I love the Rocketeer. Yeah, yeah. 
We can. There's plenty of Rocketeer for all of us. <laughs> yes. Not enough movies though. That's yeah, what I want to be for Halloween. Yeah. Rocketeer. Well, underneath you can be Aladdin. Like you take off the the hood ornament. <laughs> yeah. And, you, have a, and you take off the red leather jacket, so, and you just got like a, a blue vest. You have a, you know, like a, a fez. <laughs> blue vest and parachute pants. Yeah. Wow. It is rocket powered magic carpet. <gasps> I love it. The, the next question we have is: uh, Who's your favorite Disney mentor? Justin writes, "Genie, he loves Robin Williams." Uh, Tyler writes, "Wait, uh, or Walt himself in Saving Mr. Banks?" We're talking Tom Hanks here. And uh, finally, Tyler writes Yoda with a winky face, which kind of goes back to Aaron's yeah, comment earlier. I was getting on everybody about writing Star Wars answers. <laughs> <laughs> I love Star Wars just as much as everybody else, but I, I mean, it's, a, it's a Disney question. Yeah, it shouldn't. That and Marvel shouldn't count. Uh, okay, so now we have which Disney princess wins in a fight? There's an overwhelming winner here, but I'm going to read them all anyway. Jateman says Mulan, duh. Tyler right. says, "Remember Mulan actually fought in battle, unlike all those other spoiled princesses. Mulan all the way." <laughs> Manish has, I like to think Cinderella secretly joined a fight club to deal with her anger, so she's my pick. Uh, Maxwell says Mulan destroys them all unless Elsa is pissed that day. <laughs> Justin has Snow White. I saw Shrek. She looks mean. Okay, I also think Leia could pick the crap out of any of them. The Force is strong with her, but technically not a Disney princess. Fair, okay. And Philip has, there's no real competition for Mulan. Heck, she was voiced by Ming-Na Wen. There yep. You go. Boom. True. So she saves China, and she's also going to destroy all the other Disney princesses. Got it. Great. If, but, if Jasmine has her tiger, I mean, you could, you could probably handle herself. He's, he's a pussycat, though. I mean, do, is it Mulan by herself or Mulan and the entire army? Hey, who took down all of the Mongol army except for, like, Shiran Khan or whatever the guy's name was? I believe mean, <laughs> she, she, she watched, like, Shiran Sh- Khan, the tiger? <laughs> it was some Khan. Shan Yu is Shan Yu? Okay, thank yeah. you. That's why I have you on here. So you're my Disney guy, I'm telling you. All right, so tell us about how to eat Chinese food out of boxes and also the name for all the Mulan jokes. Anyway, what I'm saying is Mulan took one firework and took down almost an entire That's army. That's so... true. Good point. Her wow. made an avalanche, right. But, okay. if, uh, but Merida could kill Mulan with a bow and arrow from far away. She probably could. She's a very good archer. As long as you know, yeah. she's got the right dress on. Anyhow, the next question we have is, uh, what are people's favorite Kenneth Branagh movies, directing or starring? Uh, Tammy has Much Ado About Nothing, and Thor. Philip writes Thor, Valkyrie, Harry Potter, and Dead Again. Maxwell has his Hamlet is incredible. Adam writes My Week with Marilyn. Jason has Thor. And lastly, Justin has Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I know you didn't like it, but I really liked Wild Wild West. Uh, Valkyrie wasn't bad. But you gotta love Chariots of Fire. Great music. So now we get to our questions, and what a perfect question to follow up the uh, the answer. Uh, the last answer there from Justin. Yeah, Justin has a question. He says, "What's wrong with Wild Wild West? You knew it was coming." <laughs> um, I mean, in a word, everything I think is the, the answer there. Um, why, I, I understand that there are apparently some people that like Wild Wild West, the movie. I'm not among those people. I don't think there are very many of those people. But beyond it not being very much like the TV show which is not something that necessarily bothers me. It's a movie that is just... It, Will Smith and Kevin Klein have, like, no chemistry. The, the, the tone is all over the place. There is a giant mechanical spider in it. Um, <laughs> there are so many... Would you say that you enjoyed the, the song, though? Of course. Why, why wouldn't right. I enjoy the song? Um, there are just, there's just so many things that I don't like about Wild Wild West. I, I don't, Dave, are you guys fans of Wild Wild West at all? No, it's pretty awful. Yeah, no. I don't even know if I saw it. <laughs> I feel like I did, though, and that's the sad part, because I don't remember a thing about it except the st- stupid spider. Uh, 
and like Kevin, uh, Kevin Brown, Kevin, Kenneth Branagh and Will Smith, like, cause like Kenneth Branagh has no legs and he's turned himself into like a spider person, like as in he actually like built himself spider legs to walk around upon. Well, this is weird just saying that out loud. And like Will, like him and Will Smith, they like taunt each other, like cause Will Smith's black and Will, and Kenneth Branagh has no legs and they just, that's like their verbal sparring. That's the, but they just have right. jokes about these. It's just an awful movie. And then Selma Hayek shows up from time to time. Yeah. Uh, it, because it's very Zodafield, and it's like, all right, all that magic from Men in Black, we can cash in again. <laughs> a Wild Wild West movie. Oh boy, it's it's a thing that happened. Well, I just get depressed go. talking about Wild Wild West. Even Will Smith doesn't well, like Wild Wild West. I remember he has he's like, did he say that? He's quoted as saying, "Is like uh. he was disappointed that the movie opened to fifty million dollars because he knew it wasn't very good. <laughs> he was like, uh. he was mad that people came out to see it anyway. <laughs> um, well, you know. He learned how to ride a horse, so that's good. Yeah, he rode it all the way to the MTV Movie Awards. There. He did, yeah. I just watched that music video yesterday. <laughs> anyway, uh, Manish asks us, is there an older movie you wish you saw first run in the theater? Uh, probably all the Indiana Jones films. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars easily would be my... That too. If like, I was in a frame of mind where... Yeah, first run in theater. So like, I hadn't seen that before, and I'm going to a theater, and I'm seeing Star Wars for the first time. It's like, yes, this is this is the greatest or it's like epics, like something like Legend of Lawrence of Arabia, or like Bridge on the River Kwai, or like some of these like epic, or like Ten Commandments. Like this would be neat to see, like for the first time ever seeing something like this in a theater, in glorious Technicolor. You guys? Um, I saw Star Wars in the theater. <laughs> I was trying not to point out how old you are. But... Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was, I was young, kind of. Um, I would say, you know, I don't know. I think seeing The Exorcist, actually, when it first came out, would have been an experience. Oh, wow. David? I mean, I've seen it since then in the theater, but not, like, when it first came out. Yeah, even, like, horror, that's a good pick. I mean, horror movies in general, like, something like Psycho or Halloween, just, like, movies Halloween, where you're, yeah, like, seeing these things for, like, the first time you haven't seen yeah. this kind of thing before. Yeah. Ooh, 2001, that'd be another one that I'd love to see for the first time. Yeah. I, uh, although I'd be like, wait, what happened at the end? Right. <laughs> <laughs> David, do you have a thought on this? Uh, yeah, Star Wars is definitely one, and Transformers the movie, the original animated one. Mm. I know it was playing in Hollywood, and I wasn't able to make it. Oh, uh, well, you dared last to be stupid, week. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> wow, nice weirdo <laughs> throwback. <laughs> but yeah, those two would probably be my one. Okay, so Philip asks, how big of a deal was it for animated films when they got away from the musical paradigm, and which film was it that changed the game in that regard? Was it Toy Story? That's a good thought-out question. Um, that is a good, yeah. I mean, well, in terms of animation, yeah, Toy Story, because they started using the, the 3D stuff. Um, I, I mean, even then, though, it has, I mean, it's there's a lot of Randy Newman songs. And I mean, the characters aren't breaking out in song, but at the same time, right, right. it's a very musical film, I they would do, say. They do slap to have the entire song play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly, Abe, exactly. Like, it's, yeah. there are movies that, I, I understand what he's saying in terms of, like, there's not, like, characters suddenly breaking into song and there's an elaborate number and whatnot like you know both uh beauty and the beast or uh Aladdin or you know obviously any of the movies prior to right that. that said not all the other ones you know the older ones before the yeah, kind of I'm... before little mermaid before the renaissance happened the disney renaissance happened i mean not all of those were musicals either Are right we talking about disney well what are we only talking about disney here that's well, true this is animated, animated films, animated films. films. yeah because yeah. i was thinking um iron giant kind of did it you know during yeah, the renaissance and but it was the non-musical you know, that came out the same year as Toy Story 2. Okay. And uh, that was also kind of like a non-musical, right? I mean, it once again has the kind of it, it has songs. Well, in actually, it, but, but... Jesse sings in that one. Yeah, oh, that, that one. No, that was Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, she doesn't sing it. It is the character's oh. not singing. <laughs> right. There's just a little interlude. Right. So I guess when Disney first did it, it was 2000 with uh, Atlantis, I think. 
because Tarzan had songs Tarzan, in it. I mean, it won an Oscar for its song, yeah. Uh, yeah. Phil Collins. Milan and, um, what's it, Hunchback and yeah. Pocahontas, Pocahontas, obviously. Her- <laughs> Her- Hercules. Like Hercules. Yeah, they, those are all kind of pseudo-musicals. And, that, I mean, again, that's still, that's the Renaissance era. I mean, there's ones, I mean, like, what, Fox and the Hound doesn't have songs, does it? Right, Black Cauldron. Black Cauldron and, uh... Oliver and Company, Oliver, Great Mouse Detective. Great Mouse Detective. What if? Wait, Oliver and Company's a musical. Yeah, that's a musical. But uh, Great Great Mouse Detective. What if there were songs in that? Oh man, Vincent Price didn't sing in that movie. <laughs> he sang one. He sang a. There was a villain song, but he didn't really sing okay. it elsewhere. The Rescuers Down Under, or the Rescuers. Okay. Yeah. Did they? Did they sing it? No, they didn't. Bob. No Rescuers. No, they didn't. Bob Newhart's not singing in no Rescuers. Movie. <laughs> in, in, in the first Rescuers, there was the Rescue Aid Society song. Yeah, but that's not. Oh wait, and they and she sings a song. Oh, the yeah, little girl. Yeah, the little girl. Yeah. This is but neat to think about now. There are a lot of songs in all these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cody's not singing anything now. There's Marahute. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the Bruce Broughton score. See, I guess all the movies, even if they're not singing, they're still very musical films because that's the kind of. It's a platform that supported it at that time before the emphasis became on like the kind of the actors involved and the more of the the kind of banter and the screenplays. I would say, I guess. So that that's a good. So yeah, when you get to kind of like a yeah, Atlantis, I guess that is kind of the end of the. Uh, yeah. The kind and of... then because if uh, Treasure Planet was a few years later, they had one song, um, during, during that film, and Lilo and Stitch was very Elvis Presley filled. Yeah. Right. Emperor's yeah. New Groove didn't really have any. Emperor's New Groove didn't have songs. Yeah, or no, it did have a song, didn't it? I think. It, um. Yeah, Cusco's song that the, the one that Tom Jones sang. And Eartha Kitt did it, so beginning. she had to sing something. John Goodman's in it. I feel as though he had to sing. That's a fun movie, by the way. I like the yeah. Emperor's New Groove. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Brother Bear. Oh, no one remembers that movie. I don't even oh know. God, that is my favorite Disney movie. What? With, with yeah. Walking Phoenix? Is it? Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I don't that know. That couldn't have been the, the more weirder way to say that name. Walking Phoenix? Walking, <laughs> walking Phoenix. <laughs> and the sequel is actually really good. Brother, what? Brother Bear 2? Yeah, really? Bear. And I weirdly met the guy who wrote the sequel. I'm like, you wrote Brother Bear 2? <laughs> it, How do you? Yeah. It, it continues the story. There was a Brother Bear 2? Yeah, wait, I cried. To DVD again. Wow, was, you cried. What? So he wait, he stole a bear, though? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, He well, he chooses to be a bear at the end of the first I don't buy one. that. Wow, it's not like, it's not like Brave <laughs> at all. He chooses, I know, wow, it's true. <laughs> it's because he realizes that he needs to help raise this young coach. James Martin, he, James right. Jason Marsden? That's not James Marsden. James Marsden is the brother bear, too? I said James Marsden. I'm looking it up now. It says Jason Marsden. James Marsden, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, uh, yeah, it's the way... Uh, brother, brother Bear 2 was Rick Moranis' last film in a film role before he retired. He was the moose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's classic. It's strange beer, strange bruise moose. All those guys. Strange bruise. Yeah, because it's him strange and uh, Dave bruise. Thomas. Dave Thomas is the, uh, the other. Uh-huh. The guy from Wendy's? Yes, that's right. <laughs> He's both the... He, he, He's both the famous comedian, Canadian comedian, swear. and the guy from Wendy's, Dave Thomas. <laughs> Quality is our recipe, eh? What are we talking about? Why are we so no, no. Let's <laughs> move on. Oh, should we? You think we should move on from Brother Bear 2? <laughs> Lastly, George asks us, what are your favorite Japanese films? There's a lot of them. That's, a, I mean, that's just a fun question. I like. Yeah, that there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, well, I mean, in terms of animated films, too, I'd throw that in there. But uh, one of the ones that always makes me sad is Departures. <laughs> that one's a... Uh, it's a gut punch. I'm a big Kurosawa uh, fan, so I mean, Seven yeah, Samurai, just say Rajabon. Kurosawa and Miyazaki, and there you go. Yeah, exactly. And you covered like an entire. Well, game. Then you got like Grave of the Fireflies, or uh... which is also equally sad. And then some yeah. more recent stuff. I like Battle Royale quite a bit. So I like uh, I like the movie The Twilight Samurai quite a bit. That's one from uh, like 2004, I think. Um, Zatoichi, the uh, of the early films and the the Beat Takashi 
yeah. reboot. And, you know, Gojira, the original. Gojira? Gojira, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how they call it. Yeah. That is pretty true, yeah. <laughs> it's not pretty, it is true. It's not pretty true. I, I have to make it up. <laughs> Abe's not big. I mean, uh, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron's saying it like it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. All right. I think we've uh, yeah. sufficiently talked feedback here. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's uh, move on now. Abe, like, hey, what, uh, what time is it? Oh, Aaron, I think that it might be time for a little game here. <laughs> wow. Bippity Hello, boppity. Rana, we're, we're out of time. <laughs> we're out of time, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pay us! <laughs> I've got a game here for you guys. It's called I Wish. Uh, yeah. Since Cinderella wishes that she could go to the ball, these are all movies in which somebody makes a wish in the movie. I'm gonna name a clue. You guys can buzz in with your name, and please name the movie. So we're gonna. So if Kevin was had the answer, he'd say Kevin, and then he'd say what he thinks the answer is. Yes, that's clue. correct. Okay. All right, here we go. I wish that I wasn't so afraid of thunderstorms, but good thing I have a Boston accent, Thunder Aaron. Buddy. Aaron. Ted. That's correct. <laughs> Next one. I wish I had a Zoltar speaks machine to make one of my dreams come true. Kevin. Kevin. That's correct. I wish that I could save Christmas by myself, or I'm sorry, I wish I could have Christmas by myself and eat cheese pizza. David. Hopefully, David. Home Alone. That's correct. Wow, you guys are all on the board. I wish I could meet some weird old janitor and have Zac Efron play me in high school. Aaron. Aaron. 17 again? That's correct. I wasn't sure of the age for a second there. Okay. <laughs> 15? Definitely not 18 again from like 1930-something. I wish my favorite basketball team would win the pennant. I'm sorry, <laughs> I wish my favorite baseball Aaron. team would win the pennant so much Danny Glover Aaron. could adopt me. Aaron. Is it Angels in the outfield? That's correct. Yes, the first one. With Jiggles. Yes. And, and C. Lloyds. <laughs> and who? And C. Lloyds. Yes, yeah. Christ Christopher right. Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. It's C. Tates and C. Lloyds. Those are my two Cs. <laughs> All right, next one. I wish I had a magic lamp to set my blue genie free. David. David. G uh, Aladdin. That's correct. Next one. I wish I could find some sneakers that improve my game so much I end up in the NBA. Aaron. Aaron. Like Mike? Start, start Shad Morris of CBI oh. Cyber fame. <laughs> and Morris Chestnut. And Morris Chestnut and Jonathan Lip Nicky, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. The little wow. vampire's Jonathan Lip Nicky. Wow. <laughs> the human head weighs eight pounds, Jonathan Lip Nicky. <laughs> that just reminds me of Bojack Horseman. <laughs> All right, next one. This one's one of the obscure ones. I wish that everything I typed in a book uh, that I'm writing would make the girl of my dreams manifest, too. Aaron. Aaron. Ruby Sparks? Wow, you got it! Okay. I was like, dream a little dream with the Feldman? Corey, the Corys? <laughs> the Corys? Yeah. No, that was Ruby Sparks. Wow, you got it. Good job. All right, and this one is uh, an opposite wish. Uh, I really don't wish to have other mother take my eyes and replace them with buttons. Aaron. Oh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Uh, Coraline. That's correct. Yay. Let me just count this up here. Aaron, you are the winner. Yes. Kevin, you and uh, David are tied. So Ooh. The day is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Trebek. All right. That was a fun game, Abe. Yeah. Let's uh, move on to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These new movies coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week, and we have quite a few here. Some of them are among the best films of the year. Others are things that I didn't just lie about. So first up, we have Exodus, Gods and Kings. Don't see it. <laughs> next, Not worth your time. Next, we have uh, Penguins of Madagascar. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. You're the one? 
The people I saw it. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, Annie. Ugh. I've only heard terrible things about it. So awful. You can play drinking games. It's so like bad. Like when when Trappy insult comic dog makes jokes about it, it must be that bad. Song of the Sea, one of the uh, best animated feature Academy Award nominees. Which I did, did anybody see it? I did. Um, it was, was it good? I thought it was nice. Like it wasn't okay. amazing. It wasn't uh, like a movie good, but uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> um, top five comes out this week. See it. Yeah. Uh, now we get some more obscure things. We have Halo Nightfall. I believe this is like a web series. That was uh, uh, based off Halo, and uh, it's is coming. that the live action one? Yeah, it's like the live action one. I haven't seen any of them, yeah. but uh, there's AMC's Turn. That was the uh, Revolutionary right. War era spy drama starring Jamie Bell. Hmm. Uh, the first season, I think the second season debuts soon on TV. And uh, then we got some old school releases. I just wanted to point these out. Uh, first is the Wild One uh, with Marlon Brando making its Blu-ray debut, and then we have the Lady from Shanghai. Uh, before Orson Welles uh, and also uh, making his Blu-ray debut. Just good movies. That is like I just want to say those. That's how they're coming out this week. <laughs> okay, so that was that. Episode. Now, few few more things here. We have extremely cool. These are films currently streaming on Netflix that we figured why not recommend. Um, Abe, I don't know if you have anything. Do you have anything? Top Gun is on Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I randomly saw that Perfume: The Story of a Murderer was on Netflix, and I was like, all right, I'm going to recommend that because why not? Tom Pickford. Um, so there's that. Um, that's extremely cool. It's a really short segment. Yeah. <laughs> um, next week's show, we're talking about Insurgents, or sorry, the Divergent series colon Insurgents. Yay! I like Divergent. It was, did you? It was definitely a movie. Better than the Hunger Games. I think the Hunger Games is kind of cheesy. Definitely was a movie that I saw last year, <laughs> and uh, and we'll see what this movie has to offer as well. <laughs> Aaron. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying facts. <laughs> I'm just saying facts. Uh huh. With a little twinge to the voice. It's, it's what twinge? It's, I'm just saying it's a movie I saw last year. That's all. Judging the judging. Okay. <laughs> and last thing here before we wrap up: What should people go see now, and what do you plan to see next? So, what should people go and see in theaters right now? Kevin Taft. Um, what we do in the shadows. And what do you plan to see next? Oh, um, I'm seeing Insurgent on Monday, so that. There you go. David. Hello. I I mean, Cinderella came out. We're talking about that. Go see that. And uh, I plan on seeing, um, what's that Vince Vaughn comedy that did practically nothing in the box office? Unfinished Business. business? One of the worst things I've seen. Yeah, but I kind of want to see it. You kind of want to spend that much money on it? No. Okay. Okay, (laughs) All right. You're right. I won't see it. (laughs) Abe? Uh, yeah, I'd recommend what we do in the shadows as well, and uh, what I'm going to see next is probably the Divergent Insurgent. Yeah, I, I'd say the exact same thing. So there you go. Um, and I think that's it, guys. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com, where you can find written movie reviews there, as well as at my new job, uh, ranthollywood.com. Uh, you can find uh, various news and review-related items there. And you can also find me on Twitter, at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag uh, walrusmoose. Thanks. <laughs> Kevin Taft. Yes. Where can people find more of your work online? Uh, www.edgeonthenet.com. And David, yeah. You can find me at endorexpress.net and, ever, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Total fail on that part.
No, no problem. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now Theron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwmld.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our show and other fun shows, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, Legion of Longbox of Dooms, and other fun shows about comics and games and stuff like that. You can also listen to us over at outnow.podomag.com, as well as soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to email us your thoughts on Cinderella and more at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. You can also interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or tweet us at twitter.com. Slash out now underscore podcast. And there's our Tumblr page, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Follow us there. And lastly, our voicemail line, 972-798-3830. You can leave us a voicemail, and uh, maybe you'll get to be played on the show. We can answer a question or give any feedback or what have you. Yeah. So, with all that said, David, Kevin, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. And, uh, but, I mean... Glad we all agreed on Cinderella being a good movie. I mean, it's it's hard to say not when it's you know that's what the fact is. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're a bunch of guys and we love Cinderella. There you there go. You go. Yeah. And um, that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, when we see lots of people jumping through glass, it seems based on the insurgent trailers, that's going to do it. So until that time, so long and goodbye. Well done, Ella. My turn. Put them together and what have you got? Bibbity bobbity boo! Salakadula, minchika pool, a bibbity bobbity boo! It'll do magic, believe it or not. Bibbity bobbity boo! Now salakadula means minchika boolaroo. But the thing in me bob that does the job is bibbity bobbity boo! Together and what have you got? as uh, before she turned into hella bottom yeah i was trying to figure out who that was and like this person's kind of sp- i thought it was uh it's the woman in uh taylor swift no 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 no, no. she's a british actress emily emily morton lupita nyong'o lupita nyong'o right i remember gus gus yeah stupid cat everyone remembers gus gus yeah <laughs> that's the one thing is that kate blanchett wasn't as menacing as uh Stepmother is. I don't know. I, she I just had like, a bunch got, of like I got, I got, crazy I got the message from what she was doing. Like, right, right, right. I, but I she, didn't feel great about anything about her. Uh, no, no, no. But I just wasn't. You know, if you watch the cartoon, she is, uh, she is scary. That stepmother. Yeah, she reminded me of like a vice principal in elementary school. Nobody liked her. <laughs> Not Kate Blanchett, but the, the cartoon Disney animated. Oh, right. Gray hair and it's just like nobody likes you, Mrs. Olsen. <laughs> What are we talking about? Why are we still talking about that? Let's move on. Oh, should we? You think we should move on from Brother Part 2? <laughs>